Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. I am the hog of the show, and as I've often said, we try to cover every element of the world of medical cannabis, of edible cannabis, which is actually how this show began. It was going to be a show just on edibles, but the further we got into it, the more we discovered people want to know about the medical side. There are a lot of brands that, that keep popping up. You just keep hearing like word of them, or you should try this, you should try that, you know, be it, uh, be it Pop at Barkley and numerous others. And one that I keep hearing about is Dixie, Dixie Brands. Mm-hmm. And from Dixie Brands, we have Tyler Parker, Thanks who for deals me. with events, he deals with, with sales, he does deals with management, he deals with Dixie Brands. Can you give us a history of Dixie Brands? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, as we emerge in our new uh, legal market, it's important to have educational pieces like this. So. Uh, there's a resource for the Are you California only? Oh, we are not. So we are as close to a national brand as you can get. Uh, We're based in Denver, Colorado, Mm -hmm. and we operate in five different states. So the way it kind of works is Denver's our headquarters. That's where we'll, uh, you know, uh, create everything that's distributed in that state. And then from there, we'll ship packaging and raw materials to uh, distribution partners. In California, we work with Indus Distribution. Uh, Nevada, Silver State Wellness, for instance. And so what we do is we work with... And then, and then the, the fourth and fifth would be Oregon uh, and Washington? No, no. So we're in Colorado, California, Nevada, Maryland, and Michigan. Ooh. So, yeah, we're actually... Okay. Yeah, we're medical okay. only. It's medical only still in Maryland. You know, which is interesting because yeah. uh, I, I know that, that uh, Massachusetts mm-hmm. legalized. Yeah, there's 10 states that are legal. So okay. So, well, nine with Washington, D.C. Massachusetts, Maine, D.C. I think they all start with M's, too. It's, it's like I Ma- noticed that. Massachusetts, <laughs> Maryland, Michigan, Michigan, Maine, D.C. on the east side of things. And then on the west coast, you have Alaska... California, Oregon, Nevada, and Washington. You know, what's funny is, correct me if I'm wrong about this, I'm mm-hmm. sorry if I'm going to go off, off base here, but if I'm correct, in D.C., it's legal, but I don't think they're, you can find it anywhere. Yeah, that, that's kind of the, the catch-22. <laughs> Florida will be the next interesting state to look at for that. Florida probably has hundreds of these little shops that popped up that were allowed to sell uh, cartridge distillate only. Okay. And now they're starting to do certain laws with, you know, flour and edibles. MedMen is probably going to be, they're in a prime position because they're ready to explode in Florida. We recently, uh, they became a partner of ours with our drinks and they're really leading the way kind of in what the dispensary will look like, you know. Uh, and it's kind of funny because in LA you get the MedMen, you get like the yeah. anti-MedMen, you know. But yeah. um, but basically, Florida will be the next unique place, I think, because w- the reason why the California market is so looked upon is because we have the tourist element. It's not just yeah. the local homegrown people who've used it for since. No, the I was a few weeks ago. I had to I had to go into um, uh, Urba mm-hmm. over on Pico. Great, great and um, it took me a while to get checked in because it was a group of about a dozen. I think they were German tourists mm-hmm. who had shown up there, and they're busy giving their IDs well, and everything. And it was yeah. like, yeah, I said, wow, it, this really is a tourist destination. Yeah, it's the, the New Amsterdam. Yeah, it is a New Amsterdam. It's funny you said that too. Like Cookies in Maywood does the deals with this. Cookies here in Melrose as well. Koreatown here in Melrose. All these shops have a Instagram following that's known outside of Los Angeles, outside of the Hollywood Center, right? 
And so like they'll often have their line waiting to get into the shop. People come right from the airport. It looks like the security line. They're dragging their suitcases. It's kind of it's kind of fascinating. So that's why the Las Vegas market obviously has taken off too. The airports have decriminalized possession. Florida, Las Vegas, it's know. not are any of the shops in the casinos. No, I don't believe so. They're, okay, they're, and it's, there's a minimal Las Vegas. The market of Las Vegas is very comparable to San Diego. There's there's only like a few mega shops that are actually okay. legal. And you know, this, and, in, in Vegas, you'd really assume the casinos would open a mega monster store. Yeah. You know, with uh, with pole dancers. Yeah, you would think you would think there would be a lot of that cross promotion. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think it's just behind the scenes. They're probably just in different industries. You know, like the there's the so much money world. in Vegas and yeah, the, so the many the ways to have world. it. Well, it's, you know, the casino world's dominated by like you know the win, the guys like Win and that Sheldon guy, and you know, like I don't, I don't know if they're Sheldon they, Adelson. Yeah, yes. I don't know if they got into the the cannabis side of things. You know, if the, there's money to be made, they'll oh, get into it. Well, it's as simple as that. Anyway, we're yeah. going back to the history of, yeah, but, of Dixie. But yeah, so bring bring back to Dixie though. So Dixie, the name it does come from the South. It does evoke that. Our founders are from the uh, the Southern states, uh, and then so starting Colorado in 2010. Primarily as the drink here, our elixir. It's our number, kind of number one flagship product. It's fantastic. I've had it. Yeah, the drink is a really fun high. You know, we'll get into how edibles work in a second. But basically from there, they were one of the pioneers. The The guys who formulate this stuff, it's kind of a funny combo. They're like a real life Breaking Bad. It's this guy mm-hmm. named uh, Jay Denniston who has a PhD in food science. His particular certifications even, there's only like 3,000 of him mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, we just found like the one pothead, you know, and then, uh, <laughs> and then his partner in crime is this dude Chris, who's a former underground Denver street rapper who just made awesome dabs, and our former CEO found him. So they're like Walt and Jesse, you know, like literally, and um, they work up all sorts of crazy concoctions. Dixie works more like an industrial kitchen than a manufacturing company, if that makes sense. Everything's still. No, I know some reference yeah. here in, in an article on different people who work there. On is it the infusion suite? Yeah, it sounded ever so yeah. like. It's um, fun. Doctor No. I'm gonna have to come on a field trip. You know, you know, you, we we could go up to Salinas here in California, and I could show you what we do up there with the Indus side of things. Because, like I said, we have mirrored the Colorado production process in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, and and and, and here's the, actually the metaphor I'll use for that. This is the best way to conceptualize what because na- we're emerging as a national brand. You have a few others as well. The the kind of stick in the craw or you know whatever you want to reference you want to use is you can't transport THC across federal lines the weird thing is at the micro level since you know you do all these polls people are embracing legality right I really think you could see it legal in all 50 states individually and not federally legal you know because it just the way the processes of government work right so since you can't cross THC across state lines you it's like you came up with the greatest muffin ever you created the best muffin, and now the next state over they want it. And that state says, yeah, you can make these muffins here, but you can't use sugar from your home state. <laughs> oh, and by the way, if you're gonna call it your muffin, you're gonna need to like ensure a certain amount of consistency, so you gotta ship the raw materials, same packaging. In fact, you're gonna have to send some people here and train them on your process, because I wanna know that if my people buy it, it's the same in this state, the same in your state. So you go to your cousin's house in the other state, you ship all the dough and the flour and the packaging, and you go yourself and train someone there to be that kitchen's manager. Except you got to buy the sugar in that state, right? That's THC. So what? It's a we, great analogy. Yeah. So what we do is so Dixie. So Dixie sells 
cupcakes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually have a white chocolate uh, cupcake bar that's uh, delicious. Forbes magazine just named it the best overall tasting edible in the entire California industry. Nice. So, and I think yeah. our, our listeners nice. thanks, don't. Thanks for the segue setup. You, know, you, you could go as John Stockton probably with that assist. <laughs> but I love that you're educating our listeners on the whole federal versus state and having yeah, it cross the lines because the consistency, you know, in restaurants, we want to know if we go to a cheesecake factory right. in California and one in New York, you're going to get the same. Well, let's, let's go on a great sidebar here about possession through the airports because I get this question a lot because Dixie is a great product to use when flying, right? Edibles, one of the... Uh, now, Dixie is... is, is there are no CBD only products. No, we have a one, we have a line of one to one CBD and THC. But that's still THC. Yeah, that's called Synergy. We'll get to that. But that's, everything's that's our new for line. sale at Koreatown Collective. Yes, yeah, and it's all everything uh, that we have is at Koreatown Collective. The mints, the gummies, the drinks. The gummies are actually probably the the best line there. But the but the thing with um the thing with our CBD line is yeah there is all THC in it. But just touching quickly on that airport possession, because we talk about federal legality, right? You're allowed to leave airports like LAX now, Las Vegas, with personal consumption limits, which is 28.5 grams of flour, 8 grams of concentrates. The best way to tell if you're okay is to convert those into milligrams. So on the flour side, that's 28,000 milligrams of flour. You know, it's an ounce. You got to, <laughs> you know, it's a lot. You know, um, on the edible side, this is where you get a little ambigu- ambiguous. Edibles really are fall under the concentrates, the 8,000 milligrams. And here's why. If you stripped away all this drink, all this mint, all the gummy, you'd be left with concentrated THC oil. So you're allowed 8,000 milligrams of that. So for instance, our drink, which is 100 milligrams, or our gummies, which are 100 milligrams, that counts as 0.1 grams or 100 milligrams. So you're essentially allowed 80, 100 uh, milligram edible uh, you know, packages on a plane. However, let's say you have some concentrates. You have a vape cartridge that's a gram, or you have a, a butter or a shatter that's a gram. Now that 8,000 becomes 6,000 because you have to subtract a full 1,000 milligrams from that limit. So with edibles, you know, in, in possession through the airports too, it's, that also falls under the which way you take it. So if you check your bag and there's an issue, it'll fall under the jurisdiction of the local police department. If you go through carry-on with it, though, it's automatically federal because you're trying to go through the TSA. So they'll hit yeah. what, what? You don't understand. This is fascinating. I get the call yeah. so many times on, can yeah. I fly with it? Can I fly, fly with, yeah. with, so with, can you fly with CBD? You yeah, so then this is the other thing. So that's just leaving. It's simply leaving the airport, which is theoretically only right before you go through TSA. So I have, I, I have experience with this. I've che- I check it. Every time I take it, I check it, and I make sure I'm under those two limits. All right? I, um, and even a vape cartridge you want to carry. And, there's a, and a, you know, this kind of evokes the recent story back from Florida with the, the woman who was arrested. I was about to bring up the yeah. story. She was arrested at Disneyland yeah. for, um, for CBD. Yeah, and, How did yeah. they know she was using CBD? So, so this, is, this, is, this is another thing where uh, you know, she kind of ratted herself out, it turns out. But, so I moved here from Florida. So I have, this kind of touches a lot with me, too, because you know, Florida and California are like two different versions of America. It's like Sunshine America, but it's two starkly different versions of it. And so in Florida, they have very archaic laws on this stuff. It's like, you know, the limit, for instance, on flour is 19.99 grams because apparently at 20 grams, you have intent to distribute, you know. But CBD, because when the laws were written in Florida, it was identified just as an active cannabinoid, meaning that they thought it was psychotic and what have you, it was categorized still as a felony. So when they went to write the laws to decriminalize possession with THC, they didn't touch the CBD. 
And so this poor, you know, woman who came, you know, came to Orlando, but you know, and that's the thing too. These families they save a lot of money to travel to Orlando. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and so she gets there, and she and she was using it for health problems. So she totally had health problems. She, she had a, um, you know, a very ongoing pain issue. Then Shirley was using CBD as a as a relief for that. So she had it in her possession when she went through the security at the park, and then it became a, you know, a, um, you know, jurisdiction thing. They they threw the they had the chance to what throw the book at her, even- so they did. You know? I guess it was some sort of pill bottle or something like that. You know, I mean, I you, I would blame that mostly on bad training and worse judgment. However, ultimately, the people that uh, incarcerated her or took her out of that situation, they were just following the already existing law. So the real solution is you have to change the law. You know, you you know, otherwise you're going to get continued instances of this bad judgment. You know, honestly, like if it was the three of us, right? What would we have done? Like we, we or she said four of us. Sorry, that's like the uh, the, the old uh, old man in the sea who forgets to count himself, and they always think someone died. Uh, no, but you know, the, you got to change these laws, and the the benefit of now legalization in a place like California is for the first time you have research being done. You know, like, like limited, very finite. Well, it's let, me, interesting. let me be, be specific there. Yeah, it's, it's being done by a lot of the companies. Yeah. You know, because they're doing research for their products. That's but true. for instance, um, I was at a seminar at UCLA on um, cannabis and cancer, and they made the point that UCLA does not allow, will not accept donations from any medical cannabis oh, companies yeah, to is... help with the with the research. Yeah. And you know, and you know, it's just it's just money that's being given. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. They should be thankful for it. Well, it's it's interesting. The stigma is still there, and that's just that. You know, that goes back to the Anslinger days, right? You know, like I, I, in fact, try to use the term cannabis and almost never use the word marijuana because if you actually chase the history of it, it was a term used to drive out yeah. Hispanic communities. You know, it was J.D. Anslinger was is a very, you know, at the time, obviously, people thought he was protecting the public. But in the history, we know that this is a villainous person. You know, this, he was using a, um, a plant that was, you know, some people figured out to use for recreation to discriminate against minority groups and drive them out. You know, and so like, cannabis itself has origins as a medicinal plant. You know, now we know with the CB, uh, the endocannabinoid system, with the CB1 and CB2 receptors that our bodies have the, ex- the existing mechanism to absorb cannabis. You know, it's, it's interesting, like there's the endocannabinoid system can be compared to the limbic system, right? Like there's a lot of scientists who just don't believe this exists. But the limbic system is, you know, a series of glands and nerves throughout your body that actually is what your mood is regulated. You know, it's like we figure, we realize like, you know, the whole term waking up on the wrong side of the bed. There's this cluster of like almond sized glands at the base of your brain and your spine that if your neck is twisted wrong, you're going to have strain on them. And that we know that those particular uh, sections are things that affect our mood. Same thing with cannabis and the endocannabinoid system. You know, for years we've done things like poison ourselves with opioids or, you know, um, uh, anti-anxiety pills or depress- you know, antidepressants. Let me show you something from a... Yeah. Um a presentation that was also in UCLA. Um, you'll notice that's the label from a bottle right, from, of, from, of cannabis by E.J. Lilly exactly. from the 1930s. Powdered extract of Lilly, cannabis. Um, cannabis sativa, uh, physiologically <laughs> tested. I mean, there it was. It was yeah. a major drug company yeah. was distributed in the 1930s. Ironically, when prohibition of alcohol existed, uh, cannabis was federally still legal. <laughs> so, you know, and it, it it goes back to that whole speakeasy, you know, aspect of it. But yeah, that's the thing is, you know, there, it, it really, 
cannabis is rooted in medicine and then these kind of speakeasy and dens evolved and you know the the people in charge at the time like an anslinger wanted to drive them out you know but like you know it's going back to just touching that limbic versus endocannabinoid you know your body has certain receptors that react to things like thc and cbd you know we now know that you know your cb1 receptors which are more in your brain also in your nervous system Will, will react to THC. We'll take it in. We'll you know uh, make it an antidepressant. You know what, what's the um, the first uh, one they discovered in anandamine or whatever. You know anandamide. I'm I'm butchering it, but it's, <laughs> it's from the Sanskrit word for ananda, which means joy. You know, like the, your endocannabinoid system will create this with THC, and then your CB2 receptors, uh, your, your CB2 receptors, which you know now that it's legal, right? A hundred years from now, it, we might find out that it cures cancer because those are throughout your immune system. You know, you have you have particular receptors in things like your lymph nodes and major organs that regulate immunity that can intake certain uh, cannabinoids like CBD, CBG, CBN, and use them in a very therapeutic way. Of well, the various ways to ingest the stuff, Dixie Brands has opted for edible only, yeah, so edible route, and drinkable, no, and, no, okay. and also bath salts. But there's nothing smokable here. Well, three different ways. It, the, the the route of administration that we use mostly ingestible or edible. That would be your uh, GI tract, THC hydroxy eleven. Uh, the other two ways that we do have sublingual and topical. Topical won't be psychoactive, however, it will still provide relief to CB2 receptors. So like for instance, our bath soak, right? Our bath soak is great for your CB2 receptors and your musculature. So in your muscles, you have uh, like a, a network of these CB2 receptors and when CBD and THC combine to them, they can provide anywhere from pain relief down to you know immu immuno benefits. The other route we have is sublingual. That would be particular for our mints. We do have a couple brands where I love doing, mints. Yeah, the mints are good. <laughs> in in Colorado, we're now working with a couple brands to start maybe a smokable side. But yeah, we've kind of made our way with with um. Well, no, there are edibles. as we've talked about um, numerous times. There are those for whom there are there are there are different lines that they won't mm -hmm. cross. You know, uh, toking up, smoking. You know, passing the, the old J, whatever. Mm -hmm. That seems, you know, that's like, well, it's, that's, that's, well, kinda, that's hippie stick, marijuana yeah. stuff. Yeah. But taking a mint, well, yeah. heck, they all, they're rather tasty, the mints. They're yeah, not, not bad. It's the gummies funny. are nice. I mean, there's a line of jelly bellies that, that, that's out. This is all pretty, pretty tasty stuff. Um, back in the day, it was um, hash brownies. Well, the thing, you know, the, the, it really, you got to start with the stigma. That's starting to disappear. You know, if you look at kind of like where we're at with how accepted cannabis is, right? Like in L.A., you had decriminalization in the 70s. So Southern California has been a place, and obviously Northern California with, like you mentioned, the hippie movement in the 60s. California has been a place where cannabis has been pretty accepted since the 70s, right? Uh, on a grander scale, the legalization of marijuana can be directly tied to, um, you know, the evolution of rights in the LGBT community. You know, Dennis Perone, who's one of the uh, great members of cannabis, he lost his partner in 1990 to, uh, to HIV and AIDS, the horrible epidemic that was ripping through, um, you know, communities across America, but particularly the homosexual community of Northern California. And one of the few things that would provide relief to some of these patients in the later parts of their lives, you know, stimulate appetite, keep them going, was cannabis. And, you know, I can't imagine what Dennis Perron had to go through losing his partner, but I, you know, it did awoken something in him yeah. where over the next six years, he, you know, he, he almost like he knew the legislation wasn't going to get passed, but he was able to successfully start to shift marijuana from a hippie drug 
to something that can be used for benefits medicinally, which led us to 1996 and the Compassionate Care Act. At least it did here. At least it did here, right? But yeah, I mean, take note, within the last three months, Joanna, there was that story about the fellow who was dying, was it of cancer, yes. in a hospital, um, in, in a hospice in mm-hmm. Ohio, and in came the stormtroopers to confiscate his... Yeah. Um, his, his, his medical well, his cannabis because they had heard that you know I guess someone had smelled it and it was you know he's is a hospice he's yeah, dying I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean I'm, I, I was close to home for me too I just lost my father this past January so a couple months ago and uh, even he he uh, in his last stages he, he didn't want any of it I, I tried to give him CBN to sleep tried to give him, you know I rubbed the bomb on him against his wishes and he was like you rubbed the pot cream on me but you know the stigma is crazy and it's based on nothing but propaganda so my mom was visiting recently and she told me she had a headache and so what I did was I rubbed the cream all over her face just to yeah, and it works. Yeah, it works. I mean, yeah. it, it it does work. It was extreme, but it worked. A lot of us remember. I, <laughs> and I, why we, does it we, work? Because the CB2 receptors. So we know that you now have receptors in your body in things like your epidermis, your muscles, that specifically will receive cannabinoids to have medicinal benefit. You know, uh, for, for a lot of us, it came out of a personal experience. Many people yeah. we have on had... had well, trial and error is still an important part of all of this. It's <laughs> yeah. some sort of, you know, terrible illness that was helped so much. I had a, a skin disease called bullous pemphigoid. It's mm-hmm. an autoimmune disorder. I have, I have some psoriasis in my elbow. I use our bomb on all the and, time. And um, I started using a... a the, I was get, getting all sorts of prescription creams, none of which were helping, all of which were very expensive. And I, I got a, um, a CBD cream, THC and CBD. And the first time I put it on, it was like the itching stopped. Yeah. The itching has stopped. It's the first time in three months. I've, there's no this, itching. The CBD instantly tackled your It was amazing. Yeah, it, and it was like, okay, something. Yeah. this is either fantastic cream apart from the CBD, but I don't think so. Yeah. I think it was really the CBD and THC. In it there. is. Well, so it, there's a lot of... what. So I, I like to boil down... Well, let me actually tie it back real quickly to the brand side of things. So this is the challenge sure. of every brand now moving forward. Now that the stigma is removing, right, the, the way we're going forward with it is two, two facets, really, of cannabis. Lifestyle, health, and wellness. So what I mean by lifestyle is completely recreational use. You know, the, the, good, the good times, the let's get high and go to a movie, let's go to the beach, let's go to a carnival, let's, you know, uh, go to a music festival, right? The let's use it just to forget about our day, Let, you know, let's use it to just have laughs, then there's the probably the you know the uh, the more potential side, which is the health and wellness. Now that the stigma is being removed, now health and wellness is a huge component of it, right? This is where you get, as you mentioned earlier, your now your new users, people who never smoked before. The people, number of people yeah. of a certain age um, who we've encountered at events who are completely you know, nothing has worked. Their arthritis right. has now gotten better. Um, they they are hopeful, and they're they, we we did an event um, by, by, with my mother in law's friends. And this was a room full of women in their in their mid to late eighties. Yeah, and it was a room full, and they all were. The questions were good. They were taking notes. They got samples. They were clearly intrigued by it. This is not the sort of world you'd have expected two decades ago, no. even one decade ago. Although if you, you know, a great propaganda I've been thinking of lately is just put a picture of a cannabis or hemp plant next to an uh, opium plant. The mm-hmm. opium plant is ugly. It mm-hmm. looks like something out of a bad scene in Alice in Wonderland, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, in, or the poppy plant. What am I saying? Opium plant. You know, the poppy well, same, plant. Same, yeah. Same, yeah. same thing, yeah. Like, and it's interesting because you just had, what was that? The poppy bloom, you know? With, yep. the, with the super bloom, right? But 
that, you know, at its heart, it's still California poppies. I believe are not addictive. They are not. No, yeah, they look, <laughs> they look the same though. They yeah, look the same. I don't think they are. I think you it, maybe he just. There'd be a lot of people moving out to the Elsinore yeah, area. Right, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. But either way, Angel Valley. You know, like the the can't. It's a plant, and you know, again, you the stigma can be traced back to the 30s when you had J.D. Anslinger using it to drive out minority communities. Uh, you know, it was the drug of jazz. You know, as, as such, and so. You know, if it and what you just showed it was an it was a medicinal, you know, substance. Right? It was a legitimate medicinal is, yeah. substance. So, and now the we same know. way that Coca Cola had cocaine in it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a well established fact. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is like, you know, the uh, then you know fast forward to the 90s. Now we know what the endocannabinoid system is, much like as I said, the limbic system. Like that, you can look at parts of this nervous system, parts of the brain, parts of the immune system. And they actually work cross, you know, functionally with each other with certain substances like cannabinoids to provide even more synergistic effects, you know, such as pain relief or antidepressant, you know. And that's why also like touching on the health and wellness side, I like to boil it down because, you know, one of the things I, is this is a lot, right? It's a lot. It's really overwhelming. Like someone like me even can be overwhelming to someone who's like, oh, man, I just want I just want to get higher. I just want to cure my pain. So it's like you focus really on four sub areas. Depression or mood, right? Um, anti-anxiety, anti-pain, and sleep. So with that, I feel like cannabis in one form or another, and I'll get into how Dixie can do it, can replace things like antidepressants, Xanax, Valium, opioids, or other painkillers. that's what we were talking about in the last show. Yeah, and Ambien, yeah. sleep, yeah. sleeping pills. And here's, Absolutely. and that's the thing too, is you know, I get this question a lot like, oh, well, so we have a peppermint products. We have a peppermint mint. We have a peppermint jock chocolate. I personally take the peppermint dark chocolate a lot because anytime you have peppermint in conjunction with edible THC, you're going to create a relaxing effect that's not going to nice. sedate you. So, so, you know, when you talk about how botanicals work in terms of relax and sedation, to, you know, chamomile is probably the best thing for sleep. Then maybe something like a lavender or a linalool, you know, something along those lines because that's going to have a relaxing but also sedative effect. Peppermint will calm you down, but it won't knock you out. Here's another thing you can combine peppermint with that works really well lemongrass so in our mints for instance these have peppermint and lemongrass so that's going to give you an uplift while also relaxing the shit out of you what's your most popular product it's actually the bomb the one-to-one -one cbd thc bomb okay yeah the, on the edible side it's uh, probably the drink or the gummy you know that so you're saying would you say that 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 bombs that um tinctures are more are more popular than the mints the bomb becomes the highest selling product in every state we exist yeah. in probably because of what you just touched on earlier the, the cross the cross appeal it's it's used by people who smoke weed because they know it works and it's used by people who've never tried anything who just, it's the easiest yeah. gateway into and the cannabis it's just on the skin right it works. Right. It's, right. Well, it's, it's, well, so, it's not you're not you're not opening your mouth right. well, you're smoking or so, eating yeah. so in a nutshell so we're talking about topicals now least. instead of edibles right so topicals are not going to provide a psychoactive effect they are going to provide though an analgesic fancy word for pain relief or anti-inflammatory effect right and here's how they kind of work at its heart what a bomb is is just a wax and a butter right so we use beeswax and we use cocoa butter then we add a little olea europa as a softening effect a lot of other competitors and i'm not going to mention names not professional or nor classy we'll use things like carnuba wax or um, you know shea butter with cocoa oil, or simonized, yeah, or simon something just a little less consistency. That's why a lot of times you get that watery kind of effect left over in the jar. But we use something that provides consistency because a bomb. Now think of a lip bomb. You only need a really thin sheen layer. That's it. 
Right. And you want to work it in. So, you know, if you use too much, it's not a lotion. It's not, you know, lotion you want to use liberally. You want to apply all over, right? Because you're trying to provide moisture. With a bomb, you're trying to just let it slowly seep through your skin. So you use a real thin layer and then you just work it in. So the benefit of using organic beeswax and cocoa butter is you get a real good consistency and then just a little bit of a layer of Europa, which is fruit of an olive tree, to make it softening so it's not harsh on the skin. It's almost completely odorless. So the CBD aside, it's pretty good stuff. It would be good stuff without that. Now, here's how the CBD works, though. There's this additional little ingredient called labelia. Labelia is like the guy that can get you into the club. So, like, you know, if the club is, <laughs> the, awesome. is the wax and, you know, the butter, labelia is the guy you got to go through to get in. Labelia is an epidermal carrier. So unlike a transdermal, transdermal means there's a chemical that's going to take it through your skin into your blood vessels. This is like a nicotine patch or like you've seen these CBD THC patches, right? Transdermal, it actually doesn't matter where you put it on your body. You know, you can put a THC patch, for instance, like on a hurt leg and you will feel a benefit. But I think half of that's mental too because really it's just designed to go intravenously. So the best place to actually put a patch is like the inside of your wrist or the top of your foot because that's where you have the most uh, venous exposure to the epidermis. So again, transdermal though, it's designed to go in the bloodstream. It's actually trying to get you psychoactively high. With an epidermal carrier, such as topical like our soak or a bomb, it's just gonna use lobelia as a way to enter your pores and absorb into those CB2 receptors in your musculature and your skin. Now women can feel an uptake from the soak because there's a mucous membrane in female anatomy. However, that said, it's good for menstrual cycles and endometriosis. But the soak, so the soak you will smell because there's alcohol in it because it gets mixed into water. It helps right. absorb it through the skin. The bomb is almost, it, yeah, I know, it's, it's a sea salt magnesium. So, so topical, the t reason you would choose topicals is for things like lower back pain. Uh, you're on your feet all day. You know, uh, headaches, as you mentioned, hangovers, you know, things like that. To topicals are, are going to allow CBD and THC, and you really do want both, and here's why. CBD by itself is not really pain relieving. It's great for anti-inflammation, it's great for your immune system. Uh, THC is the actual analgesic or the pain reliever. And then the great thing about the two ratios I like the best, and these are the two that Dixie used as well, are a one-to-one -one and a one-to-five. So one-to-one -one is when you have CBD and THC in equal ratios. So right. in our soak, it's 100. And CBD 100. is always the first number. No, 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 no. Usually THC is. Oh, sorry. Is yeah. So usually, so actually, I should say, it, yeah, it's a one-to-one, one-to-five. It really just depends. Brands can lay. There's no regulation, as far as I know, on how you do that. But usually, you just kind of list them together. But um, our a one-to-one -one THC to CBD is going to be like kind of having like a Tylenol and an Advil at the same time. And again, I'm not a medical doctor nor a pharmacist, <laughs> should say as a disclaimer. But basically, the THC will provide an analgesic benefit, that pain relief, but the CBD present will prevent it from being psychoactive as long as you keep it in lower doses. And then the CBD will act as an anti-inflammatory kind of co-worker. And that's what you'll find... In, um, in in Dixie Brown. In Dixie's Bomb and Dixie's uh, Soak. Now in the mints. Wonderful. Yeah, in oh. the mints, we have a one to one CBD THC mint, and then we have a one to five. So this is where I was saying now the one to five. Now CBD in heavier concentrations can, you know, knock you out. We've all been there no. because it just relaxes you so much. But the, the one to one mint is a berry. It's going to be like more an uplift. So, like, you have a kind of like acute back pain or you've been on your feet all day. But the one to five we have, it's a cucumber melon mint. That's a fantastic product for health and wellness because since it has that higher concentration of CBD, it's really going to attack 
the anti the inflammation and in your body. What you really need to do is just take a little bit at a time, microdose, yeah, find out only, what works. Exactly. Just a little bit. If you just take one mint, you'll you'll maybe have a little, maybe you'll have almost nothing. Well, actually, here's why. Yeah, the mints are sublingual, so sublingual absorption is anywhere from like fifty to seventy five percent of the THC present. When you eat edibles, you actually only absorb ten percent of it. That's how strong edibles are. Wow. Edibles themselves are about five. Like when you think about a dose, a ten milligram dose of edibles is five times as strong as smoking. So it's the equivalent of about 50 milligrams of THC Delta 9, right? So edibles, how do edibles work, right? So edibles go through your stomach, across your pancreas, into your liver, where they become something called THC hydroxy 11. THC hydroxy 11 is then absorbed directly through your small intestine. So with edibles, it's like your liver is the blunt and your intestine is the lungs. <laughs> so it takes a lot longer to get there and then it lasts a lot longer. So now when you think about the fact that you're actually getting high through your small intestine, right? Things like a chocolate, a brownie, Last a lot longer. That's why they rock. And of course, yeah. chocolates are awfully tasty. They are delicious. Yeah, we have a line of chocolates as well that are fantastic. The yeah. company is Dixie Brands. Yeah. The man is Tyler Parker. That's the amazing. show is High on the Hog. Yeah. I really appreciate, sir. Station you identification. Are amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, here's the deal, though, with that. So, basically, like, that's why you want to do And then of that, 10% is only absorbed, right? Yeah. So, you got to do like a 10 milligram dose. You're only absorbing one milligram, but that's going to be as powerful as about 50 milligrams of smoking, which is about half a blunt and will also kill your lungs yeah <laughs> tyler thank you so much yeah, it's meryl schindler here on high in the hog with uh janice hardoon from the antidote and joanna belson from mm -hmm. many cannabis crazinesses and <laughs> absolutely grande i appreciate thank you for having us and the, let, let the listeners know you can find all our products right here at creatine collective on k-town to those of us who love it one of the ogs schindler. say hi to roger for us Catch you next time. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs>